What's going on? It's Zhang Li, the current champ. He's never been defeated. Those awesome records, including the fastest kill. He killed a guy during the last Kumite. Yep, kicked the poor bastard right in the throat. I died right there on the platform. Chong Li stood there and watched him die. We are recording. Woo! Start the recording. Jesus fuck. Please. Okay. Are we recording? We're recording. Oh yeah. Ladies and gentlemen. Alrighty. Hold on, Sam. Can I see the sound levels real quick? Uh, yes. No. One second. Uh, uh, yeah. Okay. That all looks good. Adam, can you talk for a second? I, I pulled him down. Yes. Just a little bit. Hello? All right. Yeah, you look good. Okay. All right. Cool. We are recording. We're recording. The guy who records things. Ladies and gentlemen, you are listening to the guys who record. We are live in the studio again after our two-week hiatus, after our long and exhausting journey over land by covered wagon to South Yarmouth, Massachusetts, where we battled the raging uh, cape of, of cod, and 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 now we, we are back. so much cod. So many cod out there. Welcoming our guest on the pod today, we have Adam uh, at uh, Slurshalist. Uh, uh, yes. Thank you for the shout-out. I appreciate that. Hi, everybody. It's my first time on a podcast. First time, long time. I'm glad to be here. Thank you for having me on. <laughs> Our pleasure. We, long time listener, first time caller. That's right. That's right. Yeah, yeah. We're, long we're time the ones to say that. <laughs> That's right. We awesome. are. We are back in in the the Gravy Train headquarters in Baltimore County, Maryland, bringing bringing hard truths. <laughs> Hard truths about a true story. That's right. About that a true really story. happened. That really happened to Frank Dukes. To Frank Dukes, <laughs> American hero, special operative, special operative CIA agent. Potentially, I, I, I assume that you actually read about this guy and like his real life story. Well, yes. we, we read about all the bullshit that he said about himself. It's so <laughs> funny. Any man He's who the biggest huckster. Any man who manages to beef with Soldier of Fortune magazine is a hero of mine. <laughs> we are an anti-Soldier of Fortune magazine podcast. I'm actually ex- explicitly pro-Soldier of Fortune magazine, but I think it takes it takes a certain type of guy to stand up to them. <laughs> it takes a certain type of guy to respond to an ad in the back of, Sol- back of Soldier of Fortune to fight in Rhodesia. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, Who among us can really say with any confidence that we wouldn't have done the same? No, I mean, the thing is, is that he just, he just came up with something so ridiculous that it was like, it's like, okay. And then he was like a fighter or whatever. Uh He was actually like a fighter. So it's like within, it was bound within reality, even though it was ridiculous. So... Well, he did say he fought in a kumite, right? Yes, he He claimed that he fought a legitimate... So, I think... The film Bloodsport is a <laughs> true story. <laughs> That's right, ladies and gentlemen. Today we are talking about the Jean-Claude Van Damme masterpiece, Bloodsport, 1988. The explosive entry of the muscles from Brussels <laughs> onto the American film scene. Was that his first film? That's his first big thing. What the hell is going on there? Okay. <laughs> Hold on, let's take a second. Can you hear that? Hear what? 
Alright, it's not coming up on the mic. Cool. Okay, then we're good. <laughs> yeah, because I didn't put the um the other filter on that I usually but it's fine. It's Doesn't fine. Matter. Carry on. Do you think you think we give a shit about audio quality on here? You think <laughs> we're we're just putting more slop in the bucket for these pigs. Yeah. You animals can't get enough of this shit. <laughs> you gonna stop listening because a podcast sounds like shit? Do you expect me to believe that? No, it's already sounded like shit for the whole time. It's not really going to get much worse or better. Yeah. And you know what? We know you're not going to stop listening because, fellas, this might shock you, but not only is this our special Adam guest episode, not only is this the Jean-Claude Van Damme special, this is the hundredth listener extravaganza. Yeah! Let's go! That's right. I'm not even making this shit up. I, I did look at the numbers. We're, we're basically there. <laughs> it's like 99. Hundred so, listeners, you said. That's right, one hundred. Beautiful. Listeners. Congratulations. We're making big, big money now. The checks, so much money. the checks are gonna start rolling in any day. Expect us to just start running fifty ads an episode for various dick pill and kratom products. <laughs> you know, this is this is the big time. This is media, folks. I'm going to sell mm. this pod. We're going to be syndicated. We're we're giving this. We're selling the rights over the bar stool. Yeah, you're having Felix of... on next week, right? Yeah, and Dave Portnoy as well. Awesome. Yeah, we're gonna have uh, <laughs> Presidente himself on this one. <laughs> Dave Portnoy, fun fact, uh, from my hometown. Oh, no kidding. Oh. Yeah, really. Uh, he one time uh, visited the high school uh, baseball team while they were practicing, and they took a picture, and like everybody was like flipping him off in the picture. It was really funny. How red was he? Uh, he was beat like a tomato. <laughs> That's about normal. That's actually since you've got you got you got wisdom, Massachusetts regional wisdom. Oh yes, and one so, of my favorite topics. Well, that's why I, I was meaning to ask while we were while we were voyaging across the Cape up to Boston, all around we we're seeing Sh- everything. Shipping up, if you will, shipping up the Boston, if you will. That's right. What a what a, what do people what do people think uh, a Cape Cod up in Massachusetts? Because you know I I would have assumed it's kind of a bougie thing, but then there's already Martha's Vineyard for that. Yeah, know? I would say that the Cape is kind of like uh, people might get mad at me for this, but it's kind of like the Cape, uh, Massachusetts Long Island, in which it's just all of the conservative people that commute to the city or work in the area or all the cops live down there, etc. Actually, um, yes. I it do is kind probably of the reddest area of the state. <laughs> it's known for its uh, heroin addiction um, and well, its just, beautiful beaches. That's just beaches. all of New England, right? I mean, the, the heroin thing is just anywhere in New England. Unless that I'm, is true. Unless but the Cape, has a, the Cape has a specific reputation in Massachusetts for that. Nice. No, it's funny you mentioned that because actually everywhere we, I think every business we went to was covered in uh, thin blue line bullshit, yep. actually. Uh, it was yep. pretty impressive, actually. Yeah. 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 Even at the, uh, even at the, the Cape Cod League uh, base, summer baseball. <laughs> yeah. At the, at Who's the playing? Who did you see? We the Yarmouth Hyenas. Red Sox. Oh, it was, it was a Yarmouth the, Dennis uh, Red Yarmouth Sox Dennis. versus. Uh, the something Mariners. The Harmouth. No, no, no. It was the Harwich. Har- Harwich Mariners. Harwich Mariners. Uh, yeah, they were the the Red Sox were blowing them out of the water, but yeah, big Finn blue line flag uh, at the high school, which is awesome. That's awesome. Very uh, cool. We love Massachusetts. We love. The Don't Cape. we, folks? Don't Can't we? get enough of it. 
Yeah, no, I had a great uh, freestyle going about a shooting that happened in Winthrop while we were there, and then we <laughs> oh, then we determined yeah. that it was a hate crime, and so we decided to walk that one back, which was a shame because <laughs> the Massachusetts cipher. the Massachusetts cipher, as we were calling it, was was pretty hot. You it know? was coming along very well. Great lie. It was then. really bothering it, it, one person. It's funny you mentioned that because just the other day uh, I was on uh, this website called Reddit. Arguing with some people in the in the comments section uh, about uh, it was the comments of some posts about like a Jewish pride rally or something like that. I'm Jewish, by the way, folks. Um, so I can say it. Um, and people were talking about Zionism, etc. But they were trying to say that the shooter in that in that instance, in when those two uh, black people were killed in Winthrop. He was actually on his way to a synagogue to do an anti-Semitic shooting based on the rabbi's <laughs> testimony or whatever. And, you know, they, wow. uh, they love to twist things like this. There could only be one group of victims. <laughs> yeah. Yes, exactly. He can't. He he was an anti-Semite. He definitely didn't also hate black people. Yeah, these are mutually exclusive categories that have never overlapped at any point. You're in history. allowed to hate one. Group. Mm-hmm. You Famously, pick, you have to pick one one group. Uh, for me, mm-hmm. uh, I don't know the English, Chinese. Mm-hmm. Oh wow. Oh, how about that footy today? Uh, no, maybe. How about it? That's right. It's coming to Rome. And I called it Italy and penalties. I said it was coming. I knew it would happen. He actually did. I did uh, call it. He did actually call Beautiful. it. Beautiful. I do have to give my condolences to, to Kyle, dedicated Tottenham Hotspur supporter who had to I, see. I'm not a fan of England. I'm a fan of Harry Kane. It was a class <laughs> act. Uh, and, and you hate to see him fall short right there. Continuously gets disappointed and let down by everybody around him. It's not on him. What we witnessed today was a was a Gareth Southgate masterclass, and uh, I don't even think it was on Southgate. No, it was, it was all to on be honest. It's, it's just on these players that step up and they and they get they start fucking quaking in their boots. It, uh, as I I said, Southgate didn't make him retarded. <laughs> I don't frank. Know. That's all I'm gonna say. About I'm just I'm just celebrating any time I get to see the Anglo's take the L. I think it's good puffed up little country they, they think far too much of themselves still haven't Absolutely. really accepted their position as second fiddle britannia you know. still subject to roman rule apparently <laughs> <laughs> that's right now this was a debate the roman that, empire will rise once again this was a debate that, that me and kyle were having a bit where you know uh, kyle was of the camp that it is england uh, or reddit to to hate on england uh, that mm. it is is soy and and beta and and uh, the, the whatever other buzzwords would fit that. Uh, yeah, yeah, chuggy. Yeah, yes, he thinks it's chuggy. Whereas I can think you tell me what chuggy means? Uh, bad. Uh, it seems to be lame. synonymous with Reddit. Uh, yeah, basically okay. soy. I think. Uh, okay. Don't actually know. I, I I see it being used in opposition to Lindy on Twitter, <laughs> which must be based now. I, I, I think Lindy is the new based. Yes. It's hmm. not clear to me where these came from. Yeah. But, uh, I thought I was online. I Maybe I, not enough. I see other people, and I kind of just... I'm just kind of pulling all this in through osmosis. I'm not making a deep effort to understand it. Yeah. But no, for me... Like a sponge. You've got to understand. This doesn't even have anything to do with the British national bourgeois revolution and Brexit... For me, it's just, you know, Britain, England, that's the Harry Potter country, you know. They, that's, that's the colonizers. It's gross. Yeah. It's just gross. 
I dislike it, you know. They're really more depraved and pathetic country than the U.S. in many ways, you know. At, at least the U.S. has some, like, empire to be proud of, whereas England now, they're they're feuding with the French over, over the Channel Islands and fishing rights. It's pathetic. It's sad. You know, just a delusional little country. They're all turfs. Yeah. Uh, uh, I would like... No, go ahead. Uh, I was just going to say, I, I have a soft spot for the Gaelic peoples. That's right. Uh, which immediately puts you in opposition to the Anglos. Yeah, I feel like. oh, Me yeah. as a proud Welsh nationalist as well. Uh, you know? I would like to offer to the contrary that people just dislike England because they are the traditional winner, you know? When's the last mm. time they won, though? Not not in football, yeah. but just in historically-wise... And I feel like uh, people who tend to be of the uh, soy nature uh, tend to just naturally go towards uh, underdogs no matter the situation. And believe me, there are times to pull for underdogs. But there are also times when uh, the dominant force must be recognized and pulled for as well. I I, no, I I disagree. It's lame. That's just like that's you're you're describing bandwagoning. No, no, no I'm not. Saying I'll say they they made some good uh, television and movies over there. Pretty pretty good stuff. From time uh, to time, I like that stuff. Uh, English. You guys ever seen the show uh, Sharp? No, I don't know it. Oh, is that the one uh, with the, about the Napoleonic Wars? Yeah, with Sean Bean. Yeah, Sean Bean. I've seen like Great clips show. of it on YouTube. It's more like a film series, I guess. Yeah. Is there? They're all like an hour and 40 minutes, but uh, wonderful British nationalism on display. It's almost gross. But Sean Bean is really badass. A bit like Master and Commander of the Far Side of the World. Oh, yeah. In that uh, it's British and Napoleonic. It's yeah, also kind that's of, about that, about that is, time. Is there any vague homoeroticism in this either? Uh, oh, yeah, absolutely. Uh, there's almost no women in the show. Um, <laughs> Dudes are rocking. At one point, Sean Bean has a kid with this woman, and he just goes off to war. And then, like, a couple episodes later, maybe in the same episode, she dies. You never see or hear about the kid again. You never learn what happens to it. Sean Bean just continues being a soldier. It's very badass. Probably ended up in a coal mine or a loom factory or something. And just stuffed inside of a chimney somewhere in London. (laughs) That's that's how it goes back then. He's probably doing the little yeah. Charles Dickens thing, you know. He's, he's he was probably yeah. he's probably hustling. Speaking of um, England, um, what's the what do you call pugilism? Oh yeah, which features strongly in the film Bloodsport, nineteen eighty eight, starring uh, John Claude Van Damme, also yes. known as the Muscles from Brussels slash JCVD. Yeah, also known as JCVD. Um, and speaking of that. Uh, it's kind of funny that he's just a little Walloon guy, and uh, and yet he is such a, a phenomenal martial artist. Yeah. Yeah, that's funny <laughs> you mentioned that. I actually know basically nothing about Jean-Claude Van Damme's origin story or how he ended up in any of this shit. Does anybody have any background on that? I yeah, same here. It just, he, 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 he does look and sound silly. We gotta gotta give credit for that. And Belgium is not a country that known for producing a lot of movie star talent, as far not as I'm all. aware. That's a fun one. I love also how in this movie they just well no because they they insert his French parents. It's probably the same way that like Arnold 
you know, he's probably like a bodybuilder or something and then got in the stuff. That's how Arnold did it. I guess I'm, so. uh, I'm reading here off of Wikipedia. Uh, at the age of 15, he started his uh, competitive uh, karate career, and oh, his yeah. record all time was 44 victories and four losses. So pretty Ooh. good. Oh, yeah, that's not bad. He's like a legitimate martial artist. Well, yeah, Drew. Yeah. Oh, know. yeah. You could just make movie magic. I don't do you think you, you can't do a split shape? between two moving trucks unless you're, you know, yeah. in pretty good shape, I'd that say. didn't happen in Bloodsport. No, that wasn't in Bloodsport. That was some was other movie. Yeah. Uh, what other movie? Uh, was that I'm Universal sure. Soldier? Did it occur in Universal Soldier? Maybe it was like Expendables? It could have been Expendables. Is he in that? Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's, he's in... in that with uh, Stallone. Stallone. Ah, this is from a, a Volvo commercial. <laughs> 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 I mean, hey, yeah. But uh but yeah, it's a cool video. You should check it out. Oh hell yeah. Yeah, so that's that's a great film of Blood Sweat. I'd seen a little bit of Jean-Claude Van Damme going. I'd never seen where it all began. I never saw the breakout moment. You know? Um where do we begin with Bloodsport? The Japanese guy. Okay. Where where can you begin? Uh, guess... Let's just start at the beginning, huh? Yeah, yeah. My man is well, just fleeing off an army base to go fight the Kumite. <laughs> well, the very first scene is the slow motion training sequence in which you see a bunch of characters that you don't actually meet for like another 45 minutes. Yeah. Which I think is a great filmmaking technique. <laughs> it is really, great. really sets you on edge and uh, really fills you with anticipation. Um, one of my favorite opening scenes in a movie is just when the big jacked guy uh, is just kicking the big blocks of ice that are hanging from the tree by rope. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> just smashing them. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I do that, I mean, from time to time. Well, who yeah. doesn't? Just, just go do down to the big the big block of ice store. <laughs> I make my own. Mix them up. <laughs> but then um, early in the film as well, there's that scene where it's the flashback and their kids and they're... Oh, yeah. They're breaking into the... <laughs> They break into the old Japanese guy's house and look at a sword. Yeah. yeah. They just climb in through the open window. <laughs> I, I love the. I love the. Also, they've just got him like decked out like all this uh, San Francisco Giants merch. Yeah. <laughs> like, he's in like a full uniform. It's so he, you know. But he still sounds super French. Yeah. If like... if they didn't give him all that, you'd think you'd think you were in Europe somewhere. <laughs> and then like the punishment for him getting caught. With the, trying to steal the samurai sword is that he gets beaten up by the guy's son. He gets used yeah. as a practice dummy by the kid's son for like yeah. months on end. It's uh, basically for like, a, like I mean, I imagine what, like 10 years? Because they grow up together, essentially. Yeah, yeah. Whole adolescence just getting his the shit kicked out of him by a Japanese kid. Does the kid die or something? Yeah, the guy, the Japanese yeah. guy's son dies in some... Cancer or something Yeah, like yeah, some sort I of accident. he died in the Kumite. No, he didn't die in the Kumite. No. He dies before, and that's why Jean-Claude has to take his yeah. spot. He never oh, got right. to fight in the Kumite. Yeah. Uh, it's, it's so, yes, instead he becomes a surrogate son and, and has to learn all of his, all of his samurai techniques, like, like just right. really quickly sticking your hand into the water and pulling out a koi, you know? <laughs> uh, 
I think my favorite was that part where he's just like kind of stretching him out using all those pulleys. <laughs> yeah. He's got his arms and legs just stretching him out until his like <laughs> tendons are about to snap or whatever. And it's not clear to me what that's supposed to actually be teaching. Just torture. Just pain resistance. Well, yeah, yeah. It's so that because he starts meditating while he's get, to prove, you know, that uh, mm. despite the the pain he's being subject to, he can focus on meditation. Yeah, it's yeah. awesome. It's like that video that that police canine climbing across those two ropes. You know, oh, yeah. it's not for anything. One. You're just you're just training for, uh, you know, situations. Yeah, different, yeah. different situations you can find do. yourself in. Yeah, I, I do. It's impossible to tell like how much time is passing during all of that, and so it's like it's unclear if he's just getting like beaten with bamboo sticks by this dude for like a period of days, months, years. Yeah, yeah, it just keeps happening. I really like yeah. the stuff where he's just blindfolding him and just smacking him around. Oh, and then he's got to do the T set. Yeah. Oh yeah. Blind. Oh, before we get too far, another note about Van Damme's uh, origin. So his first movie was '86. And then in 87, he was, uh, in an early version of Predator, he was going to play the alien, uh, <laughs> the titular Predator, um, but that was scrapped and replaced. But uh, then this came out next year, and uh, it was fantastic. Man. Yeah, they should um, have put him in. I don't know if you noticed too. any. <laughs> I don't know if you noticed any similarities to any video games, uh, namely Street Fighter, but that also came out the year before this did. So, oh, uh, crazy! Yeah, just think, think about that for a minute. <laughs> what was the other movie we watched? I was just like this: The Quest, the Quest. which Quest. was identical. Which to also had John Claude Van Damme. We're gonna come. We're gonna come back to that one because it is a nearly identical film. And it's I haven't a, heard of that one. He he helped write this one and starred in it along with Sir Roger Moore. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> oh, which makes it inc it's incredibly funny. It is uh, the same movie. It is the same movie, but he <laughs> makes it weirder, <laughs> weirder and uh, slightly uh, more racist in a way. A, a really hilarious bit about this movie is that the director, um, Newt Arnold, was an assistant director on The Godfather Part Two and Twelve Angry Men, and he clearly did not learn a fucking thing. <laughs> Wait, how did you be involved in either of those? I, I, it makes no sense. And he was an assistant director, so I mean, I don't know actually how much that work they do. If that's more assistant to the director, and it's just a title, but you'd think you'd picked up something. Where to? With, he he, uh, he must Coppola. have just been the go for coffee guy. I yeah. can't think of what else he could have been doing on those movies. Coming to make this. Clearly didn't watch the movies. <laughs> no. The other member involved in, in produ overall production here that I've got to shout out is Paul Herzog on the soundtrack. Because oh, yeah. I thought that all of the musical numbers on Bloodsport were oh. incredible. The music is awesome. That opening theme where they're just chanting Kuba. <laughs> so good. Or maybe that's not the opening theme, but... That's the theme, though. Yeah, yeah. okay. Yeah, just yeah, throughout yeah. is like all these like weird 80s like synth pop tracks and like the lyrics tie in just like a little too close yeah. to the plot. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's like the when, yeah. like when Forrest Whitaker is like chasing him or whatever and the song is playing and it's about chasing somebody. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. The Forrest Whitaker and um, the other cop, I can't remember who it is at the moment, but they might be the that might be the goofiest part of the movie. It's an entirely the unnecessary tie-in. 
And it just doesn't make any sense because they're just like breaking international law the entire time. <laughs> they're like from the navy or something. Yeah, which gives I, you the right. I think to he's in the army. Out. He's in one of these things. It may not be mentioned, just I, in I don't the military think they vaguely. I, guess, I think the guy who's yelling at it at the beginning is a colonel, so I guess he's probably in the army. They never mention, like, what his role is and, like, why they need him so badly either. Well, it's, it's like because of all the special missions that Frank Dukes was doing in Cambodia oh. or <laughs> wherever he claimed <laughs> yeah. to have been sent. <laughs> he was a... He had a storied uh, past in Grenada. <laughs> God, that's a cool war. Yeah. Oh, man. They should have sent, so awesome. sent me to, to do Grenada <laughs> six days. No, the uh, funny thing about that... You're telling people college students... I, I know, I know, yeah, God, the entire premise of that war was so dumb. But, um, I hate Raiden. <laughs> what a piece of shit. This is a, a great tie-in that I, I didn't learn about until just the other day, but apparently, like, Grenada was kind of one of the first sort of tests of, of, of SOCOM, of, of the Special Operations Command, which was created in, like, the late 70s, early 80s, but mm. kind of wasn't taken very seriously until then, and all the other service branches didn't want to lose their own special forces. And so they kind of really had to go out of their way to show off. So they did all that shit with the Navy SEALs, like rescuing the governor or whatever. And, yeah. And the college students. But apparently... SOCOM is really crazy. Like, it's insane With all the now. deaths and shit at their base. And I don't know. Yeah. Um, I recently listened to a different podcast no, episode. I was, if, it's, if the Truanon is the one I was yeah, talking about. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. I, I was listening uh, to Insane crazy story that they're all just so, or not there's so many guys involved in just drug trafficking murder and crime yeah not the dude tried. that was beheaded and they only found his head yeah and they tried to call it a suicide or some shit <laughs> yeah insane but yeah apparently during grenada like all these they were trying to prove themselves they're really going out of their way and so like a ton of like navy deals ended up drowning because they were trying to do some sort of absurd underwater insertion uh, like over miles like swimming into Grenada, and a bunch of them just didn't make it. Apparently, Jeez. really insane shit. So it's cool to know that you know we're just using that as a test bed to just kill some guys, you know, <laughs> just to see what we can get away with. That's the military, uh, the U.S. military's number one uh, kind of thing is killing their own guys, just in tests. You know, the Bradleys always blowing up the F thirty five is always killing test pilots, etc. Uh, it's all worth it though. We have a great country here. It's doing great, you know. Cool, cool that we get to see all that stuff in action now that the the Taliban just going to be able to, you know, roll around in it. Yeah. So. Oh yeah. We've created such great films such as Bloodsport and The Quest. Mm-hmm. I fuck heavily with the Taliban. We oh, yeah. can cut that if you. Dude, want, they're right? killing it right now. <laughs> yeah, they're. You know what? We'll say I, I say it a lot. I say it about a lot of different guys. Yeah, you know, for the last. Last couple years now, Taliban have been playing in a tough division. They were the underdogs for a long time, but you know they've been going through some rebuilding, and now it's paying off in a big way. And they're they're playoff bound. And I wouldn't be surprised if we saw them in the championship in just a couple oh, of yeah. weeks here. Look, I'm just gonna say it. If somebody wanted to beat the Taliban, they just gotta work harder. That's right. Taliban went hard in the paint. <sighs> yeah, I'm I'm gonna, yeah. I'm gonna be straight. Taliban is putting in a lot of work. And if you want to beat them, we got to put in more work. Nobody's putting in that work right now, so nobody deserves to beat the Taliban. True. Be here first. The ANA is just, they're dropping the ball. I don't know if you saw recently, but Biden just donated to them uh, 
two A10s in a AC-130. I think but, it's probably time to stop giving them things. But <laughs> the thing is, they're they're broken. They need to repair them before they can use them. Uh, that's kind of funny, actually. Yeah. Um, as far as I know, prior to like the American invasion, how it kind of worked in Afghanistan is that the Taliban basically ran it, but there was the uh, like puppet government that like actually did like diplomacy and shit like that. Uh-huh. What do you think it's going to look like uh, after this? You know, now that the Taliban is backed by Pakistan and China. I well, what do you think this is going to look like, Sam? You know, I'm going to be honest. I don't know if they can hold the whole thing together, you know? Hmm. We'll see. I think a lot of people are tired of the fighting, and so, you know, they'll be able to more or less establish their kind of zones of control. But I think we're going to have a lot of the sort of CIA-backed warlords in, like, the north... Like, a lot oh, of the yeah. kind of traditional Northern Alliance guys going to be kind of doing their own thing, you know. Uh, mm. I thought, you know, if you'd asked a couple of weeks ago, I would have thought there would have been, like, some sort of uneasy arrangement where, like, Kabul would remain more or less under kind of the status quo of, of, of having this Afghan government in there, you know, to kind of save face like that while the Taliban had effective control of, of the country. But now... I don't know. ANA seems to be all just sort of fleeing into Tajikistan and laying down their weapons en masse. So maybe the Taliban does just roll back in. But uh, it'll be interesting to see whether they get another round of civil war and infighting like what they had last time they took over. Uh, mm. I think it's a po it is entirely possible that everyone is just so exhausted, you know, that it, it kind of remains a low-key affair. Mm. But it's so it's tough to make predictions. You're saying that the Taliban might be a one ring team, though. I I think it's possible. <laughs> All right. I don't know if they've I don't know if they've got enough in the tank to go to the distance. <laughs> it remains anyway, to be seen. One sport. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, back to the movie. We're 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 running a very like tightly scripted episode today. And the Taliban yeah. is kind of like a blood sport, um, because. It's full contact. It's full contact. <laughs> Just like how you well, can die to the Taliban, you can also die in the Kumite. <laughs> well, that's the thing that I love about this movie is how racial the martial arts is. Oh, um, yeah. you, you, have, you have your Taliban fighters, and you have your big dumb American guy. Um, you have the very racist depiction of the African guy, which is... Maybe yeah. my favorite thing He's in the movie. He's hop around like that the whole time. Yeah, maybe. like literally like monkey style. It's <laughs> incredible that they did that. He's like hopping around from trees and shit. I'm yeah. just saying this is in the movie. I'm not, you know. I, I know. Um, it's pretty amazing. <laughs> I was dying when I... God. Uh, ugh. It's not good. But um, back to the beginning of the movie. When the guy... When the guy comes to uh, to get him, and he's he's going to leave, and the guy comes to stop him or something like that to bring him to speak to the colonel initially, he says, uh, Jean-Claude Van Damme says, I want to go shower. Yeah. yeah. And then he says, no, you don't have any time. But then the very next scene is just them in the shower. <laughs> yeah. I love that. He's just alpha. You can't just say no to Frank Dukes like that. Yeah. He would, uh, he would use his, uh, you know, the the martial arts that he created himself 
to put you into some kind of pretzel choke or oh, I don't he, know whatever I, he I would bet name he, something. He could do that little thing like grabbing the koi fish. He had that 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 pinch that impressed all the other guys so much. We could <laughs> the, break what's it called the, 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 the palm yeah, of right. death or something. Yeah, like just yeah. He's breaking like the brick at the bottom of the pile without breaking. Yeah, bones. that's samurai yeah. talent right there. And also, there's the um, the annoying uh, journalist bitch. Oh. That every movie has to have. Oh my god! Which is also just a character in the quest, by the way. <laughs> in in this one, you know, she's just constantly going around like, like, why won't anybody tell me anything about the Kubite? Which is the funniest the super thing. secret martial arts tournament. <laughs> they're not supposed to tell anybody about. But that is the funniest part about it because everyone else will not everybody shut up about, about the Kubite. <laughs> everybody knows about it. Random American children know about it. Even the police. The- yeah. yeah. Where does it take place? Hong, Hong Kong. Kong. Yeah. The, the Hong Kong yep. police are fully aware of the Kumite and its exact location. And where it is occurring, and they just don't care. Everybody just thinks it's cool, and they just leave them alone. But it's awesome that nobody is telling white women about it. Yeah, that is a that is a code. Man's got to have a code, and the, the rule is no white women at the Kumite. Yeah, pretty much. Stick to that. It's about maintaining the integrity of the sport. In my opinion, and they have fans. There are fans. Yeah, in, um... there's people betting on it. Well, of course, otherwise, you know. they would bet on uh, Chong Li. Well, yeah, that's a smart bet. Is on Chong Li. I think it's probably more a bet of how how many seconds you last in the ring with Chong Li rather than, yeah. you know, whether Chong Li wins. Before Chong Li, like, uh... before Chong Li euthanizes you for no apparent. Yeah, Chong Li is a bit of an asshole. That's just isn't straight he? up a Street Fighter, or is it Chun Li is from Street Fighter, right? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> But this, it's like Chongli. Yeah, yeah and it's like, different. Like he, he and he's a guy. His enemies, and everyone's like, okay, you win. And then he just murders them. Yeah, he just like, feels like he like, snap people's necks. And everyone's kind of like, just looking at him. At the end of the match. Yeah, the, the referee is like visibly terrified by him. <laughs> it's awesome. But Another line I love from early on. Um, the His master, um, I forget his name. He uh, he tells him that he left Japan because war was wrong. Um, so you know, take take from that what you will. Oh, he lost his whole family at Hiroshima. Yeah, right. that was just a detail that had to be thrown in. Which tough to think of others. I just feel like that was like a trope for a while, where every Japanese character in American cinema had to have some sort of weird Hiroshima tie-in. Yeah, like you, you go like during that whole era where we were really scared of Japan. And they were showing up as like the bad guys and everything. The the way to make a Japanese character sympathetic was to have their family like vaporized by the atom bomb, <laughs> <laughs> you know, or to make them a villain and motivate them for revenge. One yeah. of the two. Yeah. God. But then the nineties happened. The nineties. Uh, well, lost decade. Yeah. Wait, it's very unfortunate. No, 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 what? I was about the the big Turkish guys in. Um... He's he's, mon- in, he's he, in the quest. He's, he's not in the a quest. Blood in the quest, he's Mongolian. The main bad the guy is a is a large Mongolian guy who randomly kills people during the fights for no reason. <laughs> uh, so this is really just the same movie. Oh, we're gonna get to the quest today. The quest. I was just I just literally got confused between the two films because they're exactly the same. No, um, who else do we have? Who else were our, our fighters in Bloodsport? We had Ray, the big American biker guy. Donnie America. Oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Exactly. 
the the kind of the kind of faggy like Spanish. Yeah, guy. there was the Spanish guy. who was a little bit he fruity. Did, the guy yeah. who did all the kicks, right? He did the yeah. he did he did the high kicks. There was the the nimble Korean dude. I think. Yeah, there's like a big, or at least there was in the quest. The like guy a, was in Bloodsport. It was like the large like German or Russian boxing guy. You know, uh-huh. like a, there's like a capoeira guy. Yeah, yeah, that's right. And then like various kind of like Middle Eastern looking guys. Oh, when the Arab guys tried to rape that. Oh, God. oh yeah. <laughs> He's like, yeah, MBS scene. makes a cameo in this movie. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And and the only way he can stop the Jean-Claude can stop them is by doing a cool coin trick. <laughs> a magic trick, yeah. Yeah, like what? It's like a fucking like coin toss, like bullshit. Yeah, he like thing. catches the coin. Yeah, he's like, grab if if I can like grab this coin from your hand, you have to leave her alone. And then he like swaps it for another <laughs> coin or something like that. He just does the really quick grab that he does yeah. the koi fish. And they're just like, oh, Okay, fine. <laughs> oh, fine, I guess we won't rape this white woman. <laughs> and then it's like, uh, oh, yeah, but the other thing, you're not allowed to fight each other outside of the kubite. It's like, and yeah. just standing there. He was so, willing to get to get tossed for it, though. He was he was willing to defend her honor. Mm. Which and, is uh, also like the quest when the <laughs> Mongolian guys get mad that they're sitting at that table in the restaurant. Save the quest. The quest, <laughs> the quest, and bloodsport are directly intertwined. To pull one apart is to <laughs> is to destroy both. <laughs> All right. So here, let's let's contrast. So in bloodsport, uh, we're dealing with uh, some sort of American serviceman who has received years of training in the martial arts from a, a Japanese samurai from Hiroshima, uh, and and he's got to go and fight in the kumite to avenge his son. Now, here is the rundown of of the quest. The quest starts in, like, 1928, and uh, Jean-Claude Van Damme is a French boy who was orphaned in New York City. He's an urchin. uh, Where he became a clown uh, who walks around on stilts and leads a band of urchins who commit petty crimes to survive. What's the point of the stilts? Uh, I don't know. He just walks around on stilts and gets in a fight with like a bunch of Irish cops at the beginning of the movie. Um, Very interesting. But they steal this bag from the mafia, who then come with a Thompson submachine gun and kill a bunch of the orphans. <laughs> They're just killing kids. <laughs> yeah, and so then Jacques Van Damme has to flee from the mafia and the Irish cops uh, by jumping aboard a freighter in New York Harbor which turns out to belong to a bunch of t- rapey Turkish gunrunners who, who put him in shackles and use him for slave labor on their ship until he is rescued by Sir Roger Moore, uh, who's wearing a pith helmet for, like, the entirety of the movie, and his band of swarthy Burmese, Chinese, English col- colonial subject pirates. Um... Uh, Jean- uh, Roger Moore saves Jean-Claude Van Damme and then sells him to a Chinese guy on this island. <laughs> <laughs> who teaches Roger him- Moore of uh, Bond fame. Roger right? Moore, who was played like James Bond and must have been running really short on money around like 1992 <laughs> or whenever this was made. Uh, <laughs> because this wasn't a James Bond level production at all. Uh, no. But Jean-Claude Van Damme apparently helped write it personally. Um... And so this Chinese guy who buys Jean-Claude Van Damme teaches him to be really good at, like, Mai Tai, uh, and it, using him in fights. Um, 
And so the way it goes around is that there's another secret fighting thing. This is happening deep in the jungles of Thailand in some city that looks like Angkor Wat. Uh, And and the winner gets a giant golden dragon. Oh, yeah, and they try to steal it with the Zeppelin. It's not just like a a large golden dragon. Like, it's a a small house-sized statue. It is is ginormous. (laughs) Made of solid gold? Made of solid gold, that's right. Is this the same prize every year? It's or or really what? They only do the Kumite like every five years, so I assume it's the same. And yeah, probably in the, the same. Probably the same. And so all the fighters from around the world have to come. They select the fighters, and the way they do this is, and because they have the same beginning of the movie where it's just a bunch of nameless characters all fighting and training, and it's just <laughs> cutting between them. And so it's like this French bo- bare knuckle boxer fighting, and then like this Buddhist monk shows up with a scroll that <laughs> <laughs> In- gives you the map to the secret city. Exactly. To go, to go mm. You know. And so for a roundabout series of events, uh, Jean-Claude Van Damme ends up reunited with Sir Roger Moore, his American sidekick, and this white journalist. This is many years later. No, it's it's a couple weeks, I think. Uh, Maybe months. So, Uh, but Sir Roger was a child when they met, right? No, no, he was like he's like twenty something. He was oh, much so he older. grew up on this boat. He grew up in slavery. <laughs> no, he was already an adult. He was just hanging out with the street urchins for some uh, reason. No one asked questions. Yeah. Yeah, it's a what? little little sketchy to me, I think. But uh, yeah. Anyway, uh, Roger Moore is in Bangkok trying to impress this American journalist woman, <laughs> and so they end up in a Mai Tai fight where they see uh, the slave fighter champion Jean-Claude Van Damme beating the shit out of this Thai guy, and he confronts them afterwards and make, cuts, him a, cuts Roger Moore a deal where he wants to go compete in this, in this game uh, to win the Golden Dragon, and they'll, they'll split the cut or whatever. And so they end up, their plan is to steal the identity of the American boxer uh, who's been selected and, and, and they take his place and win the thing. Uh, and so now we'll get into the fights and we can do the comparison from here, I oh, think, right? right? Yeah. Okay. Now, now After this point, the movie becomes identical. They, <laughs> at this point in time, once they arrive at the Forbidden City, it just becomes the same movie. <laughs> you could clip half, awesome. you could split the movie in half and copy it over to the other one, and you would not know the difference. Well, you might, because this one is, the racism is weirder because it's in the 20s. Yeah. <laughs> true, yeah. Which makes it funny. So let's see. So our, our cast of characters in Bloodsport, we've got the American biker guy, we've got Jean-Claude Van Damn. We have Chong Lee, the I, w- super I would like it if we can refer guy. to the American as Johnny America. Johnny America, that'll work. <laughs> Chong Lee, who's the tough as hell Asian guy who's just killing people. The Korean guy, the Arab guy, the Spanish guy, the African guy. <laughs> two the, African guys, right? Two, there might be two African guys. It's I, think there's one, I think there's one big, strong African guy, and then the one that fights like a monkey. I oh, and then there's the sumo guy. And then oh, the sumo guy. The big sumo guy. He's awesome. There is a sumo I couldn't remember if that was just in the quest, so I didn't <laughs> want to say it. No, yeah, that, that is a blood sport. Man... So, so then, yeah. in the quest, in the quest, you we've got lot, lots more. We got yeah, a fair number. So, but it's cool because they explicitly say what country they're all from in the quest. <laughs> quote, country. oh, awesome! Quote unquote country. They take Let's a lot use of it liberties. loosely. So in the quest, we've got the American boxer. I forget his actual name. Johnny America. He's got a mustache. <laughs> we've got Jean Claude Van Damme. We've got a sumo wrestler. 
We've got a Korean guy. <laughs> we have a guy from Okinawa, which is weird that they specify <laughs> specifically that. Specifically mentioned. Who's a really, he's really small, too. Very yeah. small and nimble. They've got a Chinese guy. They've got a, a French boxer. They've got a, a, a really tough German guy who wears a tank top. <laughs> and a pickle halb. Yeah, he wears the pointy helmet from World War One And arrives in a Zeppelin with a giant iron cross painted on it. <laughs> Fantastic. <laughs> it's awesome. There's uh, the Greek guy. There's a Greek guy. The Scottish guy. A, is the Greek a guy, guy a wrestler? I don't remember I don't what remember. the Greek guy's about. There's a Scottish guy who wears a kilt. He gets yeah. castrated by the Mongol. Yeah, the, oh, and there's a... Oh. The, and the Chong Lee of this movie is a super tough Mongolian guy who's like eight feet tall and, and has a ponytail. And just murders people. He also just kills people. He physically just grabs the Scottish guy's balls and just twists. Uh, and that's how he wins that one. Oh, and of course there's Africa. And there was a guy, they're, they're announcing the country, so like, Japan versus Korea, you know, or whatever. And then it's just like, Japan versus Africa. <laughs> the whole continent is represented by one guy. Like, I don't know what the brackets are like for this, but I don't I don't understand how you can have Okinawa and Africa competing at the same tier of competition. And the, the saucy Brazilian guy. Uh, the saucy There's also Brazilian the guy. The Sumerian yes. guy. Oh, he's Yo, right. I can't remember. Is he Turkish, maybe? Yes. There's someone from the land between the rivers. Uh, someone from the Fertile, <laughs> the Fertile Crescent. Crescent. And he's competing. So yeah, that's a pretty diverse cast, except for only getting one black guy to be in the whole movie. It's got the same stereotypical pairings, though. You still got the sumo, the guy, the African guy who wrestles very uh, Af yeah. Africanly. <laughs> yeah, in Bloodsport, the, the he gets destroyed. I think by the big sumo guy. Yeah, I don't remember who he fights in yeah. this one. I just know he's feeling the the jungle rhythms are moving him <laughs> in this one. I remember. Yeah, amazing. It's just, uh... It's awesome. Now, what happens is, is in in the quest, uh, Jean-Claude Van Damme is supposed to take the place of this American boxer, but instead, this boxer recognizes that Jean-Claude Van Damme is a better fighter than him. And so he, <laughs> at the opening ceremony, he tries to switch places. But they say, this is, this is forbidden. And if Jean-Claude Van Damme can't win the fight... The American boxer will have to remain in the Forbidden City forever. <laughs> Which is, huh. I, I don't know. Like, that's that's a twist. That's new. Yeah, it, it adds kind of unnecessary stakes. The other added stakes is that Roger Moore attempts to hijack the German Zeppelin to steal the giant dragon statue. Like, tying a rope to it and flying away with so it. So he has no faith. In, no, he, uh, he doesn't. Th he doesn't think that Jean Claude Van Damme can defeat the giant Turkish man. You know, mm. I, neither did I. To be honest, I saw. Uh -oh. I'm like, oh, there's no way that Jean Claude Van Damme could win the fight in this movie that he's written and starring in. This Turkish guy. This, this, this Moroccan. <laughs> Is there Turkish any guy. reason that Jean Claude Van Damme like should care about this guy being stuck in the in the Forbidden City? They have a mutual respect. They they mm. they have a bonding experience on the journeys of the Forbidden City where they like fight or something, and they're like, "Wow, yeah. you're really good at fighting." <laughs> John that's that's the shit. currency in this world. Mm -hmm. That's which all that a, matters. Which is a bit like in Bloodsport, the the homoerotic relationship between Jean Claude Van Damme and Johnny America. <laughs> I mean, yes. you were kind of struck by this, Kyle. Do you have you have thoughts on on these guys' relationship? Okay. What? Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's like two guys that didn't know each other until like two weeks from now, and 
Johnny America is kind of just like a dickhead most of the time to JCVD, if I remember correctly. Uh, and then they, they just like, they're just like grabbing each other. Like, because <laughs> Johnny America gets sent to the hospital by Chung Lee, I believe. So. Yeah, yeah, that's right. Um, but even then, before that, they're like, hey, brother. <laughs> yeah, and they're just like grabbing each other. They're all yeah, touchy yeah. feel. The, the journal, because they go, they go and they watch one of the fights, and, you know, the journalist lady's like, oh my god, this is barbaric. Oh, you can't do this. And then they're just over there pra- playing grab ass the whole time <laughs> with each other. Being like, oh. No, it's, it's cool. when he gets sent to the hospital is just such a stupid scene. He's he hits him once and then he's just showboating for like three minutes while he gets back up. <laughs> they were just like, "What's the most stereotypical we could make this guy?" He rocks. Just loud, annoying, and drunk. I just love his whole thing. Yeah, I love full contact. Yeah, yeah, that whole thing. Aren't you a little young for full contact? <laughs> As he's playing, like, Street Fighter with Jean-Claude Van Damme. Yeah. Good at- Jean-Claude Van Damme, a gamer in that movie. Yeah, he was playing oh, esports. Yeah. Man, esports ready. <laughs> but yeah, that's really like... a pioneer. But yeah, it's like this guy goes down and Jean-Claude Van Damme is, like, grabbing his bandana and, like, weeping. Like, no! <laughs> like... <laughs> <laughs> just entirely he's just, he's just fine later like I know he's supposed to be hooking up with this white journalist that shouldn't have been allowed in the kumite <laughs> but um he I think his I think his heart really lies with, with with this man here Johnny America Johnny America who I looked it up uh, there is a sequel to Bloodsport and I don't think Jean-Claude Van Damme I believe there's it. like four of them oh Jesus Christ it seems like he's the star. Yeah, it seems like this guy's the main character of, of the of the sequel. <laughs> I don't know. Might might be worth exploring. <laughs> he he said uh, he said no. I'm just gonna make my own sequel. That's <laughs> <laughs> baller. And then Jean Claude Van Damme said, "Okay, well that's all right. I'm going to just make a copy of this movie I, in like five years. <laughs> I am going to make the quest instead." And <laughs> then. <laughs> uh. And then in both cases, so then for Bloodsport, he wins, and everyone's like, wow, good job, and they give him a cool sword, uh, and then he just complies with the military police, and just, <laughs> and is, is presumably court-martialed. He gets a sword in Bloodsport? I think they give him a sword, don't they? Cause he gets the sword he... in the beginning, I believe, after the training montage with, um... No, no, no. Satsumi or something like that? Because no, the Japanese right. guy has a sword because he won the Kumite once. And I swear they give Jean-Claude a sword at the end for winning. I'm mixing it up with the quest right now. Oh, that, that might be true, but I, I have it written here that he gets a sword in the beginning after the mm. training montage. In the quest, they don't give him jack shit. The only thing he wins is they don't execute Roger Moore for trying to steal the dragon. Right, he gives up the golden dragon. Well, his buddy gets to leave, right? Or is that just the first fight? Does he have to win? No, he... well, The first fight means his buddy gets to leave, but then after that, Roger Moore attempts to steal the golden dragon by using the Zeppelin. Uh, and then, like, a bunch of these Thai dudes come out and shoot the Zeppelin down with crossbows. <laughs> <laughs> and then they imprison Sir Roger Moore, and they're going to execute him, unless Jean-Claude Van Damme wins the final. Uh, <laughs> I need to see this Zeppelin. Oh, look it up and see if you can find it. It's so funny. Everything about the quest is so funny. You should probably just watch the trailer. Uh, alone. It's just got this great voiceover part where it's like, I don't remember what it is, it's like, like, raised on the streets, 
sold into slavery. Yeah. <laughs> like, in front of the voiceover. Trained to fight. <laughs> you know, it's just like, oh my god. It's so funny. <sighs> oh, here's the... So the next... So there was a sequel, Bloodsport 2, The Next Kumite... <laughs> Bloodsport 3, and then Bloodsport 4, The Dark Kumite. Oh. John oh, yeah. Van Damme did not appear in any of the sequels. Nope. Good not on any of them. A remake was planned in 2011. Oh, God. Uh, which apparently did not happen. Yeah. <laughs> so I'm looking at the Zeppelin uh, heist scene right now. I like that they never show the top of it or show a full <laughs> shot of it at any point. <laughs> He's Man. just so clearly being hoisted or whatever. <laughs> it's it's awesome. Is it... It's just like, it looks like a balloon. Like, it doesn't look like a, a thick skin whatsoever. Well, that's why the crossbows were able to bring it down. Yeah, should have uh, built it better. That's... I thought that German engineering was supposed to be good. Yeah, right. Well, this, is, this was late Weimar period. I guess, you know, budgets were probably tight. Much like the quest, it had to be made on a shoestring budget. <laughs> Oh, yeah, true. This was pre... Right, this takes place in the 20s, of course. Although the, the, the German fighter in that movie has very strong Nazi aesthetic, in my opinion. Yeah. He's a large... Yeah. Uh, yeah. He's very Aryan. Incredibly Teutonic. Just thinking about <laughs> JCVD. Another, another of my favorite lines from Bloodsport. Um, when they're first getting to the Kumite, and they, there's the big Chinese dude at the door and uh, their guide says something to him in Chinese and he's like, alright, he's gonna let us in and then it cuts, it shows the uh, the guy at the door and he's like, okay USA <laughs> yeah. oh, my God. oh my god there were so many, so many of the Hong Kong characters in that movie felt like just absolute caricatures including the, the guide for uh, the two Americans whose accent was just so over the top he reminds me of uh, the Asian kid from uh, the the uh, Indiana Jones movies. Yeah, yes. it's it's exactly. I was like actually that. about to say, yeah, sure. Yeah. <laughs> I just, God, I don't get it. I really it's, don't. It's get really it. a perplexing movie. It almost none of it makes any sense. I have a lot of stuff written here about what, why the fuck are these two guys just chasing him? Why can they do this? <laughs> it's so, it's so funny. It's such an unnecessary, and they just do the stupid Scooby-Doo chase scene across Hong Kong. Yeah. yeah. Oh my god. Like jumping across the, the, the junk boats and stuff. Yeah, I love, I love that the Kumite is supposed to be like this honorable tradition of this the Black Dragon Clan, as it's called. And it's now just being made like a total mockery of by these dumbass Americans. It's so funny. It's, no, I was just wondering before you even started. Is kumite, is that a word? Is, there's no way. That doesn't sound like Chinese or anything to me. Like, no. It definitely isn't English. Okay. Uh, so it says uh, freestyle fighting. Is uh, the definition. Three main sections of karate training, Ooh. along with kata and kihon. Kumite is part of the of, it's the part of karate in which a person trains against an adversary, using techniques learned from the other two. Kumite can be used to develop a particular technique or skill and can be done in competition. Okay. Oh, okay. I've been I stand corrected. The literal Japanese translation is grappling hand. Oh, <laughs> mm, very cool. Two men locked in the grapple. Battle of wits, 
and some say strength. Mm. I just really can't get Universal Soldiers off my mind, I'm going to be honest right now. Have you seen Universal Soldiers? <laughs> Getting the Jean-Claude Van Damme expanded universe now. Are you familiar with Universal Soldier? I ha- I feel like I've heard of it. Um, I haven't seen it. You probably it. have. This is a great one because it's also Dolph Lundgren, who's one of my all-time favorite actors. I actually enjoy oh, awesome. this film, though. I think it's actually g- good. It's not bad. I will say... Jean-Claude Van Damme is arguably one of the weaker parts of this film. No, but that's what's so funny about it, is that he's like, he's like a soy boy, basically. But, oh, wow. But he kicks ass. He's a cyborg soy boy. They're wearing these eye things in every single promotional picture that I've seen. <laughs> and they hardly use them in the movie, too. It's, it's kind of, very funny. <laughs> they're that's like, awesome. They're like resurrected dead marines or yeah it's it, so the whole yeah the whole premise is that like they killed each other in vietnam because dolph lundgren's character was going insane and trying to do like a Milai massacre <laughs> and john claude van damme stops him and then like they the army swoops down in a huey and picks up their bodies puts them on ice and like resurrects them as cyborgs <laughs> to like be in this elite unit or whatever but then like they keep like, they start having sort of flashbacks to this thing, and so when a meddling female journalist, always these white women, starts yeah. getting too close to the truth and the army's going to execute her because that's something <laughs> the army does. Maybe. I don't know, I don't know, maybe. Just like they did Hillary. Uh, they, they were going to try to Michael Hastings her, and um, uh, Jean-Claude stops them, and then uh, Dolph Lundgren goes rogue, goes on an insane quest to kill him. In a big-ass truck. In a big-ass truck. <laughs> yeah. But, oh my god, the whole movie is just so annoying because Jean-Claude Van Damme is doing his little accent. He is like, I, Dolph, I do not want to fight you. <laughs> it's so funny because he's doing that. Then Dolph Lundgren is clearly having the time of his life making this movie. And there's a great scene where they're like in this like chase scene. And Jean-Claude's character is like, the war is over, Sergeant, you know, in, in his accent. You wanna... and, and he goes, the, the, the war is over. <laughs> yeah, and, and then Dolph is like, the war is not over for me, and it's not over for you either. <laughs> like, it, did you guys mention that the whole way they cloak... Uh, Jean-Claude's accent is by just saying he's Cajun. Yeah. <laughs> At the end of the movie, they take him to his, like, grand- or his parents' house in, like, Baton Rouge or whatever. <laughs> and, like, trying What's... to... <laughs> What's the explanation for that in Bloodsport? Uh, his parents are just French yeah, in Bloodsport. he's a French immigrant. Like, there's, there's okay, a part okay. where, Wait, like... Not in Bloodsport. In, in the quest, he's a French immigrant. In the quest, he's a French... No, but in Bloodsport, there's a part where the Japanese guy is talking to his parents, who are, like, speaking these really heavy French accents. It's like, why would he learn uh, the martial arts? <laughs> oh, yeah, they're like, oh, we came to America for, like, some... some I don't like, even you know, remember why. Some shit like that. They say something like that. Yeah, I remember. But, uh, the Japanese guy's like... The martial arts strengthen the body and focus the mind. You know, like <laughs> whatever. Hand motions. <laughs> yeah, he's good, doing all the zen hand motions. Uh, and we should watch... There's like... um, I got the remake of Universal Soldier, which is supposed to be very good. We should watch it What year it is that? 96, maybe? And it's still Dolphin. I don't think Dolphin's in it. Is it a remake or a sequel? Wait, let me see. It's Universal Soldier Redux, I think, is what it's called. Uh, let me look it up. I hope it's Dolph and JCVD. I don't know. People said it was good. I haven't watched it. It seems like there are many of these movies. Uh, yeah. 
This one, okay, this is 1999. Van Damme is in it. JCVD is in it, okay. But, uh, I don't know, it's just so... I guess it's Universal Soldier The Return, probably. Yeah. Uh, who's in, who's he fighting in this one? Dolph Lundgren and JCVD are back in, together in the 2012 one. Oh, yo! Universal <laughs> Day of Reckoning. Hold up! Hang on, I'm gonna download this one. We can watch this after the episode. <laughs> yeah, I wanna watch this urgently. It's R-rated. <laughs> According to the uh, the Universal <laughs> Soldier of the Return Wikipedia page, this was his. This was Jean Claude Van Damme's last widely released movie uh, until 2012, when he did Inspectables 2, and apparently also this other Universal Soldier movie. So I guess he needed some money. <laughs> Wait, wait, so JCVD and Dolph are both together in the 2009 one, so they come together for 2009 and 2012 again. Okay, they we gotta get both uh, of them. Okay, 2009. They, they Linked up, let's go, dude. They restarted. <laughs> Universal Soldier Regeneration, and then, um... <laughs> so, yeah. 34% on Rotten Tomatoes for Wait, Universal Soldier no, Regeneration. Hold on, let me say, fucking... The only people that are rating shit on fucking Rotten Tomatoes is, like, fucking, uh, woke scolds, and fucking liberals. White women. Yeah. So, I don't give a shit about ratings on the internet anymore, because it's just, like, whatever fucking liberal bullshit that people think is good. I need to get back on Letterboxd. I was doing Letterboxd Yeah, for a I was while. just gonna say, Letterboxd is okay, but I feel like people usually tend to rate stuff pretty high. Which, fair, I don't think I've ever given anything under, like, two stars on that app, but... I like movies, what can I say? Yeah, movie man. There is nobody seeding this bullshit. <laughs> You'll be shocked um, to hear. Apparently between Universal Soldier the first one and Universal Soldier the Return, which came out in 99, there were two made-for-TV movies. Oh, yes. In, in the series. Which they also called... Oh, yeah, Universal Soldier 2. Yeah, that makes sense. Cause, That's but... kind of like... Um, <laughs> isn't that kind of what ended up happening with... Uh... What's it called? Starship Troopers? Is yeah, well, they made a bunch of made-for-TV versions of Starship... Can you grab the external? Made-for-TV Not TV made version. by Verhoeven. Yes, and they're... But the problem with them is that they're not tongue-in-cheek at all. They're just sincere. Yeah. No, Drew, mine. Not out of my... Not out of my computer. Drew. Oh. I had an image. Which... Uh, bottom one. I don't hear anything. But, um... But, yeah, no, they're just totally sincere. It's just about a bunch of heroic space marines who fight bugs and uh the fascism is good and cool and normal actually what? isn't that the first one this is about <laughs> hey hey but uh, uh too many people seem movie. to believe that i i remember i, I oh god I, I oh my god so I've i watched robo sorry you go yeah go ahead i just remember one time I, I posted some sort of bit about uh, Starship Troopers on Twitter, and some guy who must have just been, like, searching for Starship Troopers-related content, because he didn't follow me or anyone I knew, uh, just started commenting on my thing, just trying to argue about how. Uh, it actually, even in, in the book especially, Starship Troopers isn't fascist, and it's actually good. Uh, <laughs> you know, it's just like, man, where do these people I, uh... come from? I was watching RoboCop with a big group the other day, and uh, a bunch of them were like, "What? So he just kills all the bad guys, and that's it? He's it's oh. over? The, the, the good guys win?" And I was like, "No, he is the bad guy." <laughs> yeah. I love RoboCop. RoboCop Robo-Cop's is great. one of the greatest movies of all time. It's a great it's movie. So good. I've seen it like three times. I love when the guy turns into soup. 
Well, <laughs> Robocop does such a great end scene. Up being a good guy in the end. Yeah, Robocop he defeats a good the evil guy. landlord guy who wants to build. But yeah. still, tool of of the system. You know, there's a commentary here. He can't he right. can't prevent what's happening. Yes, know? even it's if very it's it's very subtle. But uh, if you notice that the evil corporation is actually funding all of them. Yeah, yeah, exactly. It's not. It's not that subtle. <laughs> not very. Verhoeven is a famously subtle filmmaker. Yeah. So, he because yeah. he kills Ronnie Cox. <laughs> Ronnie Cox, uh, an all-time great uh, and a, and a Verhoeven classic who doesn't get any credit he deserved. Uh, who plays uh, Cohagen Total Recall as well? You may recall. Mm. Um, I recall. <laughs> <laughs> and Captain recall, Jellico recall, in recall. the two in the TNG two-parter. Um, what's it called? Chain of Command. Ah, yeah, Ronnie Cox, a classic Ronnie guy. Cox, oh, that, Ronnie Cox linking up with Michael Ironside in Total Recall. Uh, that was goaded. What a yeah. pairing! So <laughs> they, good. They should make it so. Um, in RoboCop, the like real estate guy or whatever is trying to build Delta City or whatever. Yeah. Instead, he's trying to um, <laughs> start a bunch of chains of the the fried chicken made from plants. <laughs> Eat your bugs. Oh, Get in the pod. The soy. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. He's trying to make uh, a soy city. <laughs> yeah. The, 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 the... Just like just like MBS. Then a ba- based and red-pilled RoboCop has to stop him. Yeah, a dirtbag leftist RoboCop has to prevent yeah. uh, soy SJW uh, liberal development from yeah. taking over, what's the city, Detroit? Chicago? Yeah. Detroit. Yeah, to kill I would, people I would love to yeah. prevent a Publix from getting built. <laughs> I was just going to say, uh, I would love a Twitter movie, but I, I actually watched uh, The Scary of 61st yesterday. Oh, dear God. We were going to ask you about it, this. It was not as bad as I was expecting. I thought it was oh. kind of fun. This is an endorsement. Yeah. Should we add this to the watch list? Uh, soft endorsement. I, can, I couldn't find it anywhere online. I had to have a <laughs> friend that i knew watched it from twitter uh send it to me but yeah we watched it uh me me john and alex alex my roommate you know john Sam. yeah uh, we all know john it, yeah <laughs> oh yeah of course shout john, to, john from twitter shout out the digital at, soy boy everybody yeah at digital soy boy give him a follow great great massachusetts <laughs> yeah, regional he rift <laughs> he needs it yeah Kyle. <laughs> yeah well we need we should we should get him on here we should get him on here. yeah i was trying to get him to come on uh, but uh, he went home earlier this morning. Literally uh, anybody but, um, to come on can. Honestly, we're we're just trying to signal boost this bullshit because we can't. We're, we we the way we could do it is by actually using the podcast account and like interacting with people, but we don't want to do that because it's cringe. Um, it, it is. I every time I see a podcast and Felix's replies, I'm like, come on, man. Exactly. <laughs> So we're not shameless enough to do that. So we're basically just going to get everybody on here and, and let them let them, let them yeah. disseminate it themselves. Yeah. So ah, that's how you that's how you do it. Because you want to have other natural. people on. Yeah. But yeah. um, can I talk to talk about the Dasher movie for oh, another please minute? Please do, please Actually, do. Yeah, please. So it's d- very strange. Um, that clip that people were clowning on on Twitter was probably one of the goofiest parts of the movie. Honestly. <laughs> They really chose like uh, the best line for people to just shit on, because um, like 
I mean, I won't spoil it, but like, obviously that person, Anna, Anna Kachikian or Kachian or however you say her name, yeah. looks nothing like Ghislaine Maxwell. <laughs> um, but basically, it's just a story about people doing a bunch of Adderall and going crazy, uh, reading Epstein conspiracy theories. So it's basically about my life. So I felt very seen. Um, and, you know, uh, I, I, I was, I was talking about this on Twitter. I think, I think you guys may have seen, but if, if, if the CIA wanted to op like some dirt bad Twitter leftists, like this is how they would do it. The CIA cannot see this movie. Um, <laughs> like if, if a cute girl randomly fell into my lap and just kept telling me about Epstein shit and then tried to get me to like blow up a pipeline or something, I'd be in prison for the rest of my life. Easily. <laughs> Same man. Ten out of ten times that shit would work. That but um, but yeah, you you should watch it. I'll I'll send it to you guys. Maybe we could do a, a Discord viewing after this because oh, I kind of want to see it again. <laughs> um, but uh, yeah, honestly, like it was the first movie. I mean, you know, I don't fucking care about like I've never listened to the podcast. I don't really know that much about him, frankly. Uh, uh, I think I thought it was fun. It was fun. I think if you're on Twitter, you'll enjoy it. Nice. I yes. I, I only saw that one clip that was circulating, Holy and I got shit. like copyright yeah. stuck. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, I I really think that was one of the one of the goofiest lines in the entire movie. It's bad. <laughs> it's weird. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Um, yeah. Man, God, like you said, I wish I could any woman who was just, you know, a little bit addled and really into conspiracy theories. I think that was yeah. you know, bad for me, but in a very fun way, you know? Yeah. People are already looking at me funny just if I start talking about, you know, JFK and how they killed him because he was soft on Katanga and everything. But uh, Yeah, that's what Liam's always saying. He wants a deranged girl. Yeah, I think that would be a lot of fun. Easy it, it to find. Spice to your life. <laughs> yeah, but the, the the specific kind of deranged, you know, oh, not not the office deranged, but uh, JFK deranged. Yeah, yeah, no, definitely something novel and interesting. Massachusetts seems to be a, a, a better place for this than down here. Everyone down here is just boring. It's all horse girls. Yep. But uh, mm. that's what you get when you live out live, live in Baltimore County. Country boy, country lifestyle. country boy socialist lifestyle out here. And oh yeah. Of, country girl socialist horse girl i'm kind of living like a country lifestyle right now i got i got a nice vegetable garden going oh i'm a big fan of that it's a lot of fun all the maoists on twitter are always saying that, that we gotta we gotta start planting our own vegetables because that's like doing revolution or whatever oh yeah it's like in chicago you, when they try can to you hear stop this that. i hear you ah never mind I was uh, playing with a gun. Yeah.